do with this. And that's what is the Sean Taylor. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of day you're listening to us. Welcome to the Hit Stick Podcast, powered by Miami Flow Media with Jazz, Zach, and Mike. We are excited to bring this weekly production to you. And we're here to talk everything Canes football and everything else that's relevant in the world of college football. Uh, you know, every other show on this platform has their own niche. You know, you, you hear about uh, the, the recruiting news with Flo and, and, uh, and Dave and E or Rasta. And then we just kind of want to bring something else to the table. The average Canes fans, they have a great show as well. Zach and Black do their thing. So we just want to come at a different angle. And here we are. So, Zach, man, how you been? I've been good. Uh, you know, yesterday was yesterday, but, you know, you got to keep your head up high, keep rooting for the Canes, keep supporting the boys. Um, yeah, I mean, disappointing loss yesterday, but we're going to come back. We'll be back. Definitely the case. Um, I, I, this staff strikes doesn't strike me as the staff to let things fester. You know, it's, they yeah. strike me as a type that's going to see a problem, fix the problem, and if not, they're going to, you know, go through whatever they have to do to get it done. So let's do this. Let's have a little agenda. Let's talk whatever we got to talk about the, the game yesterday, whatever thoughts you may have, anything that stuck out to you. And then there's actually a lot of stuff that went down you know, in the ACC yesterday across college football, there was a num another number six team that got upset. Second time in two weeks that that happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's just talk about that disappointing game yesterday. And um, I mean, go ahead and start things off, man. I mean, the mic is yours. And by the way, if it sounds weird on my end, everyone, I am recording in the car. <laughs> Zach is at home behind his, his laptop. So if you hear any, you know, background noise, that's on my end, my bad. But next week, I'll definitely be out front of the laptop. But yeah, Zach, man, go ahead, man. Mic is yours. Yeah, you know, we did not have a good start whatsoever. Three turnovers and what, our first seven plays. Right. Uh, you know, you're just not going to have a good game doing that. And TVD looked a bit off. Offense. Like, we, we were talking about this yesterday. We control time of possession. We get first downs. We just can't score the ball. And whether that's on play calling, whether that's on execution, I think it's a little more on execution, um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, you know, that was an issue. And, you know, giving up big plays on defense, which is just uncharacteristic of the Kevin Steele defense. Uh, yeah, all that combined together is just not going to lead to a win against any competition, whether that be Texas A&M, Middle Tennessee State. 100%, man. It was just so disappointing to see the contrast in attitude and mental fortitude by the players on the field between last week and yesterday. Just I don't totally, understand how totally deflated. Yeah. It's like it's okay, they lost last week, but they, they were it, it they were playing yesterday as if they were moping around after an embarrassing loss at AM. And that was not the case. You had on the road at Kyle Field, 107,000 people, primetime game. You know, Herbie on the call. You mm -hmm. had the ball at the lap in with the last possession with a chance to tie, right? So it's like you lost, but and I know nobody wants to hear about moral victories and everything like that. But in my opinion, moral victory is the case in terms of AM because you're building a program. So I came away as a fan with my head held high. 
you would have thought that the players would have as well. And then what, what's disappointing to me is from the outside looking in, you know, without having spoken to anybody on the inside or anything like that, it feels like the players thought that last week's effort was going to be good enough to win yesterday. And what I mean by that is, yeah, if they had last week's effort, they would have won. But what I'm trying to say is they thought that that last week effort was going to be good enough to throw, you know, uh, to have that same, to have that scare uh, Middle Tennessee State. And it did it. You know, these guys are not good enough to have to have. You can't just roll your helmet out on the field with the U on it and, and that's it. These guys, nobody's scared of Miami football. And it's been like that for a very long time. Yep. Everybody wants to beat Miami, right? And then everybody wants to say, oh, Miami's lost its luster. Miami's lost its luster in, 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 um, like in a national scene, nobody will be making a big deal out of beating them. And they, you know, that's not the case. But um, what I'm going back to saying is like that, you know, the players did did think that, oh, we look good against AM. So this 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 middle Tennessee state is cake. And then the proof in the pudding is when Jalen Rivers came out and said it. I don't know if you saw the quote by uh one of the Harold B writers. It wasn't Barry. I forgot what his name is, but he quoted Jalen Rivers saying that, yeah, you know, we, we thought that this was going to be a contest. They got punched in the mouth and boom. That That's really disappointing to see after a coach like Mario, you know he's not instilling that type of uh, uh, culture. Yeah, extremely disappointed, uh, you know, because they say the, the big quote after the loss against A&M was back to work. We're back to work, right. 1-0, back to work, whatever. Um, and it just what the, the product on the field didn't reflect that. It, just like you said, they were kind of hanging their hats on competing with an A and M team we should have beaten, and thinking that oh we competed here, we just got we can just play this game and expect to win. No, these guys, these Middle Tennessee, what are they? The Blue Raiders want to want to kick your ass. Yeah, you heard that? Did you did you see the coach's uh, post game press conference? I did not. I retweeted it, but I hadn't seen it. What did he say? It was like, uh, he was like, yeah, my Florida State buddies were texting me, kick, kick Miami's ass, all that stuff. And then after the, at, at his last quote was like, yeah, we, we, we kicked Miami in the tail, and I'm not afraid to say it or something like that. And he should say that. I mean, they he did. They yeah. did. But regardless of the competition, they're going to want to beat you. Yep. You're a top 25 yep. team Yep. at home. Anyone's going to want to come into Miami and beat you. And I just think the players were taken aback. Uh, you know, we didn't hear anything from practice because I'm pretty sure it was closed off to the media pretty much all week. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Injuries, guys getting dinked up. Xavier Strepo, we got to talk about this too. His his uh, his impact and how uh, how his injury is affecting the entire team. I Let's just talk think, about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, how much, if you could put it into a percentage, do you think his injury is affecting the overall offense and maybe overall team? <clears throat> well, you know, since you asked, like now, <laughs> seeing what we have seen in terms of receiver play and everything, if I had to put a number on it, uh, it's it's a vast, it's way over 50%. <laughs> I don't know what that number is, but it's 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 way over fifty percent, man, and that is discouraging. That is, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it 
something along those lines. Why? Because, and I hope this is taken out of context because I root for and I believe in the talents of everybody on that team, even the ones that, even even the talents on that team that other fans don't think highly of. I'm not like that. I'm still high on Will Mallory, okay? Still mm-hmm. high. Well, I've always loved the kid. You know, everybody likes to pile on DJ Ivy. I'm not that guy. But if Xavier Restrepo, who is a hard worker, which to me is one of the main reasons that he's so productive as a college-wide receiver, he's such a hard worker, right? If, yep. he, if he is your best receiver, that's a problem. It's a problem because, because he's a small – Slot receiver. Right. Right. Which is fine. Totally but fine. Having a guy having a guy like that, and it's not a problem that that's, that's TBD's favorite receiver. They're roommates. They get along. They're buddies. They're pals. Great. You should have a favorite guy, no matter who he is. Right? But the fact that that's the offense's number one receiver is an issue. And I'm sorry, but I don't think anybody saw that coming, that he was the offense's best receiver, especially when you have a guy like Frank Lats highly touted, went to Clemson, mm-hmm. right? A guy like that, to me, in terms of physical talent, all right? And again, this is without me going to practice, watching anyone, it's just overall lens from, you know, overhead view. Redding and Romello Brinson, those two guys, to me, should be the headliners in terms of the wide receiver, all right? I, that's just my opinion. That's how I see it. That's, you know, from what I have heard and what I have seen, that's how I thought and X is an awesome complimentary piece, but it, it's this that 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 Miami needs guys to step up. And then you lose Jacoby George, so then you wonder, like, okay, are all these guys getting the same amount of reps that they're supposed to be getting? Like, why do they look so off, out of sync? I don't think that only has to do with the receivers. I think there's a lot to do with that. TVD clearly isn't comfortable. Why? That's the million dollar question. Is it because timing? Is it because is it because the actual offense he doesn't seem as comfortable in because he's more comfortable with a little bit more tempo? I don't know, all right? But we're talking about receivers now and, you know, X and everything. But to answer your question, a huge number over 50% as to his, his importance in the room and everything like that. But that that's that's terrible. That is terrible because the guys that Miami signed, you know, in back-to-back recruiting classes at the receiver position, nobody thought that they wouldn't be productive yeah and you know this offense and really the whole team lacks and once again like you said don't take it out of context but does not have a star player right now they can totally have one but right now we need that wide receiver that we could say hey we're in the we're on the five yard line in the red zone we're throwing you a jump ball we know you can catch it or we at, we're, we are third and 10. We need a guy to go get, get a slant over the middle in traffic. Hang on to the ball. Don't fumble. Maybe get a few yards after catch. We don't have that guy. We don't have the guy that we could trust, the star wide receiver. And the guy we can trust, no offense to X, but is a smaller, you know, slot wide receiver. And, um, yeah, man. And so, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about. What do you do? Let's say that this situation is in your hands, that you are one of the coaches on the team, an offensive coach or whatever, a play caller. How do you combat that? Right? How do you combat that? Okay, all right. I got two explosive guys that are out. 
for indefinitely, right? Got to impose. This is what I have. I have Mallory in there who can be hot and cold in terms of catching the ball, can be hot and cold, and I'm being nice, in terms of being a blocker, okay? And, um, <laughs> uh, but I know what I, at least I think I know what I have in, in Arroyo, all right? The only time, and I think he was only targeted once, the only time Julio Skinner was targeted, he scored a touchdown that was called back. Well, not called back. Well, yeah, called back. They said he stepped out, which is a bunch yeah. of crap. But all right. we 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 all know what the what the real outcome was. Though. I mean, he exactly, not, he did not step out. He didn't. There was green in between his foot and and the chalk. So whatever. But okay, so what do you do? Like, how, how do you combat that? So everybody was calling. Oh, lastly, you know, he would have scored. Just that. Shut up. You know, shut up. Because <laughs> Gaddis is not a bad OC. He wouldn't at be all. at Miami if that was the case. All right, Man, Mario would not have reached out to him. But you know, in in four games into the season, obviously, you, even if you're Alabama, there's things that, okay, let's change this on the offense. Let's add this because we could do better here. So we saw a little bit, we saw a little bit of tempo yesterday, right? And when that was happening, TBD looked decent. He looked better than he did against AM. He looked better than he did in the first half against Southern Miss, right? So I think how, how you fix it, tempo in spots not exclusively and change the i don't think you do that but maybe in spots and then the thing is the only way you can really have tempo is if guys catch the ball gotta catch the ball ball because you can't have a tempo offense without catching the ball and you know uh, mallory i was when we were on that zoom call last night dropped three of them not cool um, there were other drops. Redding had one between the numbers that he dropped, I think, for a first down. Yes, TV was off. Like I said, there's enough blame to go around. But since we're talking about receivers and how you would do to change it, you know, I'm just spitballing right now. Like, how, how, how do you feel about that? You know, you got to – it just seems back, – back to the point you were saying, even on that first throw, just TVD looks like – looks very uncomfortable. Yeah. And looks as though he's second-guessing his throws, whereas last year he would just sling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that comes with trust, with the receivers, with the playbook. I mean, the trust with the playbook is going to come. See, you know, it's his first, what, four four games uh, in the new system. Right. Hopefully it gets better. I think it will get better. So it's just going to take time. And you, we all know the talent we have in TVD. Right. And I think it just comes down to trust in the receivers, trust in the playbook. And then just overall execution of all parts. Because it's also, like like you were saying, it's not all on TVD. No, There's got to be good all. protection. Guys got to catch the ball. Guys got to run good route depths, which we did not have in Texas A&M mm-hmm. whatsoever. So I think it's a culmination of things. No blame can be assessed on one person. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. And I'm look, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And I'm getting a lot of heat about it on Twitter. I don't give a damn because this is how I feel about it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. To me, all right, look at the game yesterday. Coaches coach, players play. Players play, coaches coach, however you want to word it. And it's been like that's the beginning of time when it comes to sporting events, right? My opinion, it's not a coach's job to get his or her team up to play an opponent, whether that opponent is – Sisters of the Poor University or Alabama 
in Atlanta last year for the kickoff classic. Bobby Bowden never had to tell his team to get up for Miami. Jimmy Johnson never has to, had to get his team up to play Notre Dame. Okay. If you have to do that as a coach, then your players shouldn't be playing. And I'm talking about any sport. I'm not talking about football. I'm not talk, talking about any sport, any coach, any level. You shouldn't have to tell your team to do that because if you do, then what are you doing playing? If you need outside inspiration to get up for something to do that you supposedly love, you have an issue. Now, Miami has an immature team. That's how I see it. Because you, there's, how the hell can you explain looking how you did last week at AM and then falling flat on your face at home? That's not coaching. Those guys did not forget how to coach in a week. It's not coaching. That's lack of want to. That's overlooking your guys. That's thinking that, like I said, we played good enough last week. So, man, we got this. Uh, think again. So that that's that's how I put it. And if I was to put a number on it, it's between 90 to 95% of yesterday is on the players. And the other 5 to 10% is on coaching. That's just my opinion. I agree. Coaches can't coaches can't tackle for you. Coaches can't catch balls for you. And coaches can't pick into your brain and make you mentally prepared for the game. They can give you inspirational speeches. They can, you know, give you the game plan. But it is on the player to want and have the will to win a football game. When um when we were talking last last night with uh Black was on that Zoom call as well, and Max and whoever else was on it. You know, he played college football. He was a running back, so he knows. He can speak on that better than most can. Blocking is a want to. That's the phrase that he used. It's a want to. You got to want to do it. You know, it's like, and then I, I think I said something to the effect of, like, it's like rebounding in basketball. Like, you got to go get that ball. It's not, you can't just wait for it to come. It's not going to come to you. No. You got to go get it. got to go get it, man. You got to go get it. So, with that being said, I'm wondering – if, when, how, where, you've got to buy a week, then, you know, two weeks before UNC at home, ACC play starts. Oh, by the way, yes, we can still go to the Coastal <laughs> or win the Coastal. But um, personnel changes, man. Do you think that's a thing? You think, well, what do you think in terms of that if you are the decision maker on that front? You know, I, I don't know if some guys are performing in practices over others, and then the game, it completely flips. That's kind of what it seems like. Right. Because you'd think Jaleel Skinner would get more tick. You'd think mm -hmm. uh, Arroyo would get more targets. You'd, you'd think all that kind of stuff. I think you got you just put the guys out that are doing it in the game. Because, okay. yes, we all know practice shows a lot, but practice ain't the game. It's not. Practice ain't the game. When you got fans booing you. Mm-hmm. And you know, hundreds of thousand people. Not, not, uh, not at Hard Rock yesterday, but at Kyle Field or wherever else we play. Right. It's it's different than when you're on Green Tree with no one watching you. Yep. yep. And yep. just some, some something something about it because you know DJ Ivy could be the best player in practice, right? And and no hate towards DJ Ivy. I want him to succeed. I thought he I thought he's been great. You know, he's had a couple bad games here and there, but I thought he was great against A and M. Did, did whatever yesterday. But some there's clearly a disconnect from practice to the game and ability to execute on all on all levels. I was just picking at Ivy for that example. No, I hear you. I hear you. Now, so 
<clears throat> this is where like the coach, when everybody was, well, when the names were being, were coming out and we were finding out, okay, so this is the linebacker's coach, receiver's coach, this is the running back's coach, it's a DC, so on and so forth. Mario, Mario built that staff and I'm thinking, this is a staff, an experienced staff, resumes, proven resumes, they're not going to take any BS. And if somebody's not performing, then it's it's lights out, next man up. So that's how I felt. And, I mean, I'm just wondering, because there's certain guys that I just, I, I, I've seen enough of. And, again, not that they cannot contribute. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and name drop, because I'm not saying anything derogatory here. Corey Flagg has been one of the better linebackers through four games for Miami. He has, right? Let's call him one of the better linebackers on the team through four games, which he has been. I think he's had two games under his belt in which he's been named defensive player of the game. But just because you're the best at the best, let's say, or one of the best position players on the team, doesn't mean that somebody else in that same position group doesn't do something better than you do. What am I talking about? I'm talking about flag in pass coverage, all right? Mm -hmm. The guy is the signal caller for the defense. He switches things around. That's great. He's valuable, and he's a great downhill tackler. And his lateral mobility or lateral uh, ability is not poor. It's just there are guys better than him in regards to pass coverage, moving side to side or, you know, being in open space at the linebacker position that Miami has on the roster. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. So my thing is I, there, I I can do without him in third and obvious passing downs. I could, And there's other ways to combat that. You know, there's Chase Smith that you can put on there. If you want to put Keontra, he used to be a safety, put him in that position. If you want to put uh, – or Bassain, you know. James, James Kinchins, and Avante, the, 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 Bermuda, the Bermuda Triangle. There you go. The safety version of the Bermuda Triangle. You put, you finally, for everybody that wants to see James playing linebacker, well, there you go. He, there's, a, there's a position he wants to do it at. So, let me look. I'm not a coach. Again, this is just from the outside looking in, and I'm like, okay, if this guy doesn't do anything well, doesn't do that particular thing well, but we have guys that do, why not just sub it out for that one down? You know what I mean? Because there was a play in which uh, in which uh, Flag was exposed in pass coverage yesterday, yep. and I think it went for a first down or a touch. One, it was a big play, but you know, I man, there's just so much. Just so, like clearly, there's something not working, mm -hmm. and something needs to change. And you see mm -hmm. if it sparks. Yeah, man, we, we, I, I, we, we've pretty much seen the same thing, and you know something's got to change. I'm tired of talking about the same thing. Um, this is the second loss to me. Where do you rank this loss in Miami history? Because to me, I still got FIU as the worst loss in oh, program history. One hundred percent. Oh God, this is. I I, I I really couldn't believe people were comparing it. FIU at the old Orange Bowl site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, you know, it's a local team and everything yeah. like that. I I think losing to an in-state team like that is way worse. And then way worse. FIU went on went on to lose like their next like. 12 or 13 games after that yeah like that was the last thing they had won in i don't know how long it was but i think they only won one game the following year or no games the following year it's it's one of those but they went on a hell of a losing streak after that win but um i don't know man i don't know what else i have to say about this game i don't know if you have anything else to say about the game before we kind of 
talk about the world of college football, do you? I mean, I could say one last thing, and we talked about it on the Zoom call. Uh, in regards to the players dinged up, obviously, you know, I don't really know what happened, but availability is the best ability. Yep. And when you are not on the field, nothing else matters. You could say if that or, you know, what if he was on he, – he wasn't on the field. So, you know, we're, we're going to go into – hopefully in the bye week we get some injuries cleared, but we may go into North Carolina with Thad Franklin as our only scholarship running back. Oof. So like, if that's the what do we do? Yeah, no, I mean, look, man. Um, there was talk about guys coming over from the DB position to play receiver. There was talk about Skinner getting website right receiver. You know, if that is the only guy, because Parrish, I don't want to speculate. It looked like he banged his head, which to me probably smells like a concussion. Yeah. Let's just say that he isn't. I would think that he would be cleared by them, but let's just say that he isn't. All right. Knighton is still dinged up. And like you said, the only scholarship player at that, Lucius Stanley looks like one of those guys. Give me 11 of his guys. Give me 11 of his mentalities because he seems to have run. Oh, I get it. It was Southern Miss or BC, whoever he got snaps against. Ran hard. Give me 11 of those guys, okay? But, um, yeah, those two, those are the two running backs. And for a team that found its identity on the ground, at least that's what it seemed like versus Southern Miss and A&M, um, you're going to be splitting your carries a lot between two running backs, which isn't ideal. And so you got to wonder how much they're going to throw in that game, even though running is their identity. So hopefully Parrish is okay. And, um, you know, I say that for more reasons than one, like obviously selfishly as a fan for his health, like concussions are not fun. And um, yeah, man, I just, I don't know. I know UNC's defense is great, but uh that offense will put four, for that that offense will put four touchdowns on your head before you can even Easily. say the word. Easily, Go. and let me tell you something. You just had there were two guys on uh, Middle Tennessee State's roster yesterday. Two other receivers. One of them had, and I hear there's starting to rain right now. So if you hear that, that's my bad. But um, two guys had three catches. Well, between two guys, there was three catches. So one receiver had two catches. The other receiver had one catch. But all of those catches were touchdowns. So the receiver that had two catches, I forgot, I think it was Chandler. Both of those catches were touchdowns. One of them was at 98-yarder. And then the other receiver that had only one catch, it was a 69-yard touchdown. So you can't, you know, Middle Tennessee did that to you. UNC can definitely do that to you. And I I hope that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm disgusted I'm going to say this, but I'm glad they had that loss yesterday because you ain't crap right now. Wake up. Wake up. Wake, Wake up. up. Just because just because y'all hung in there with uh subpar AM team as of now <laughs> doesn't mean you can go and do whatever against Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. You yeah. haven't earned anything yeah. yet. Yeah. So I mean uh, glass half full, I guess before we kind of switch tides here. Uh, Miami is 0-0 in ACC play. They got a week to get things right before they start prepping for UNC, a a week to get things right, a week to get healthy. Conversations need to be had. Serious looks in the mirror need to be done. And again, this is not all on the players. Coaching staff as well. Gaddis can do a better job, you know, between, uh, not between the red zone, what am I saying? In the red zone, um, you know, maybe Steele wants to look at some things. And we all know that quote that uh, Mirabal had in the offseason when he was hired. He said, I'd lose all my legs, and, you know, all my limbs, cut off my arms and legs before 
the O-line is a liability under my watch. So that has to happen, you know, and we'll see, man. But, yeah. Yeah, I think we could uh, transition over to the rest of the college football world real quick. Uh, you want to start with Clemson Wake? Man, that was a hell of a game. So hell that game. game was finishing up. Uh, I have to admit, I wasn't able to watch a lot of it. But um, uh, what did it go to, like three or four overtimes? I think three, maybe three. two, three. Yeah, something like that. Final okay. score was, was it here, 51. Oh, two overtimes, 51-45. Wow. Now, let's, I mean, look, um, everybody wanted to talk about, or was, or maybe still is talking about Clemson's defense being one of the best in maybe the ACC or the country, especially with that D-line. You know, in Brzee, Brian Brzee, one of the better defensive tackles in college football, so on and so forth. But is their defense as good as advertised? Is it is it overrated, or is Wake Forest's offense that good? Like, how did you see it? I mean, I saw it as just college football. Yeah. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, these guys are college kids, and sometimes you get out-schemed, sometimes you get out-played, sometimes you get out-coached. And I don't Absolutely. think that takes anything away from Clemson's defense because I could see him shutting us down last game of the season. Or, what are we playing, second to last game of the season? Yeah. I, I could see him still shutting us down. I think it's just a day-to-day -day thing. Sam Hartman's a dog. Yes, I love is. I love watching that guy to come back whatever illness he came back from like huge huge respect to that guy mm -hmm. seriously mm -hmm. uh yeah uh, I don't think it takes away anything from Clemson's defense I'm sure they'll bounce back I I'm impressed with Clemson's offense and their ability to hang in there I think they're still a, a still a threat in the ACC 100 percent oh yeah no doubt no doubt I mean people seem to forget that because they didn't look like the Clemson of a couple of years ago with, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, and Deshaun Watson and everything like that. They still won, what, 10 games last year. But whether it be ugly or not, I'd take those 10 wins in a heartbeat as a UM fan. I don't care if they win three to two. <laughs> I'd take them. So take they did win 10 games. What was that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take 10 wins in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, I mean – you know, just to kind of bounce off that, they 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 won. They still won ten games last year. That's a quality team. But you know, I, I'm just kind of wondering if, like, uh, what's his name? Not Jimbo. What the hell is his name? Dabble. Uh, Dabble. Dabble. Yes, Dabble. Whatever. Uh, if he's kind of maybe because you lose your coordinators, you lose. Um, what's his name? He goes back home to Oklahoma. So we're going to talk about that game too. Uh, you, you lose your your offensive coordinator Tony Elliott. He goes to to UVA, and it's like, what's 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 the issue? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, obviously the guys that they replaced them with are, you know, those aren't those names. However, and I think Max is the one who pointed this out. We were on another Zoom. So Tony Elliott, yeah, you know, gets all the credit and everything, but the actual guy that was responsible for Clemson's success in terms of play calling and their offense and all that all, all that jazz. He's over at USF. He's over at USF. I don't know if he's their head coach or if he's their offensive coordinator. And then, you know, Tony Elliott is over at UVA. So I'm just I'm just kind of wondering, Jimbo loses – I keep saying Jimbo. Dabo loses his guys, and I don't know if there's maybe a chink in the armor there or, or what the case is. Not that Clemson's bad, but they're, they're not the same. They're not the same team. And, yes, it is college football. But even last year, like, you saw some things that just weren't Clemson-like. 
Well, they're they're beatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're beatable. Uh, next game, you want to talk Florida Tennessee? Oh man, you know what? It. Uh... <sighs> Yes, let's let's talk Florida State. So my I mean, first reaction. I mean, it, Tennessee. It got close in the end there, but Tennessee pretty much handled them. They did. They did. It is just frustrating, especially after yesterday's loss to see FSU do their thing. They look good oh. when oh. when uh, that's so upsetting. Like that's just like and they, and were they got to... they got juice around their program now. They do. They do. They just you know picked up Hakeem Williams, and you know that's big for them, but. I'm still not fretting over that. Uh, yeah. After Wait speaking to, day. right. Um, but you know, just speaking to the guys, you know, with Miami Flow Media, you know, that just that's just not a concern because other things are that are gonna happen. But um, they got to like you said, they got some juice around the program. But Florida, Tennessee, man, like Florida, I'm thinking they're gonna get blown out. Because of especially how, how they looked last week at home, you know, and then you know they should have lost against Utah. Utah shot themselves in the foot. Florida yep. found a way to hang <laughs> they, they should have lost to USF too. USF shot them shot themselves in the foot as well. Two botched You're snaps. Right. You're right. What am I talking about? You're 100 right. So after those things, and then you know Anthony Richardson hadn't thrown a touchdown in what like two games, I think, or something like that. I think Maybe it was four, four. <laughs> or wow. three, three. Yeah. So I'm the thinking like, oof. so credit to them for sticking around. Nice to see. Nice to really see Tennessee kind of having some juice around their program because they haven't been the same since Philip Fulmer. You know, they let Philip Fulmer go. I thought that was a huge mistake. I don't think that they should have done that when they did it. But um, yeah, man, that was that was a typical SEC. Pro- I, I read a stat that said that uh, Tennessee hadn't been in Florida in those orange uniforms since like 2003, 2004, which is funny. <laughs> that that's a total ESPN stat, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that game was exciting to watch, man. Well, not yeah. well, like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing, but you know, just kind of flip back and forth. So, right. I think we got what? What's the last game you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Well, we could do Florida, whatever. Right. I mean, there's a few. Let, let's do the that Oklahoma. Um. Uh, gosh, what did they lose to at home? They lost to uh, oh, Kansas State. Kansas State. K State, K State, and gave up and gave up forty one points. What's his name? The the coach, Oklahoma coach. Oh, Oh, um, Brent Venables. Brent Venables. I cannot believe he gave him forty one points. That is totally see. It's this is why college football. After having a Saturday like that, okay, I can't sit through a whole Sunday of NFL football. I just can't. It doesn't. (laughs) It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, Um, unbelievable. I mean, like, look around the country. Like, I I, after that Miami game, I was upset, but I looked Mm -hmm. around the country and saw the amount of like parody and like, oh my god, it's absurd. Didn't didn't Georgia kind of look shaky? Georgia State. Georgia gave up, I think, twenty something points to Kent State at home. Between the hedges. And everybody knows what that defense looked like last year. They went on a streak that they didn't allow, like, a touchdown. Like They've like only the given whole... up, like, 10 points this whole year. Yeah. And it's like Kent State, you know. So, it can happen 
I am. I was about to say that it could happen to anybody, but then it sounded too close to Manny Diaz. I am not going to say that. Yeah. But <laughs> um, this can happen at any time, man. This is exactly why I respect. You know, people like to talk crap about Nick Saban. I love the guy. The guy I, I like winners, man. You know, I, oh, I yeah. that I'm a I, jumping. I, type I, of I like Tom Brady. I like watching the Bills now. But shout out to the Dolphins. I want the Dolphins to catch. Oh man. Oh man. That man, would be I'm, unbelievable. But you, so, you got to appreciate greatness to do it day in and exactly. day out and win year in, year out without any slip-ups. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. How do and you say not you appreciate want. that? Yeah. I'm so, I, I like watching greatness, man. That's why parody is great. Parody is great. But I'm sorry. I like to see the Oklahomas, the USC's, the Miami's, FSU, all of these teams, you know, Nebraska, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Texas beat great, man, because, you know, that's that's college football. That's college football. But man, Georgia, it happened to them. Uh, you know, K State goes into Norman, or was it at K State? What was the game? No, it was at Norman. Think, it was I at Norman, was Oklahoma. Norman, yeah. yeah, and they they lost to Tulane last week, or maybe it was the week before. Recently, they just lost to Tulane. All right, and you know, you go into freaking Norman, Oklahoma, put up like you said, forty something points on a Brent Venables deep. Nobody saw that coming. Lost a lot of people lost money. That's for damn sure. But um, that's just that's just a reminder, man. You have to take every game seriously in college football, sports period. Don't underestimate your opponent. And this is a lesson, another lesson. <laughs> Indeed, that was a lesson. Well, that was a great first episode of the Hit Stick Pod powered by Miami Flow Media. We'll be back next week to bring you all some Cans content and some college football content. But until then, you all have a great week. And go Canes.